This episode of Fuel for the Soul is powered by ASICS. Head over to ASICS.com and sign up for a one ASICS account. It's completely free, and when you sign up, you'll receive 10% off your first purchase. You'll also gain access to exclusive colorways on ASICS.com, free standard shipping, special birthday month discounts, and more. Hi, this is Thomas with Believe in the Run. And this is Megan with Believe in the Run. And this is Megan with Featherstone Nutrition. A.K.A. Feathers. And you're listening to Fuel for the Soul, the podcast where we talk all things nutrition and hydration and how it affects performance. And, and so, I just interrupt with... Nonsense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, today we are answering another listener question, which is exciting. This one is from, well... We've, we're debating on how to pronounce. Spell it. Felice's name. It's I think it's F-E-L-I-C-I-E. F-E-L-I-C-I-E. So it's Felice. Uh, I I went with Felice. No one seems to agree with that pronunciation. Uh, you know what's funny about that? You never watched uh, Game of Thrones. I know. And there not there Felice or something? No, uh, Khaleesi. Oh. <laughs> um, it's close. I, let's call her Lisi. I like that. <laughs> we're giving you nicknames. <laughs> yeah. We don't even know yeah. you yet. We don't know you, but we're best friends. But you got a question, and we're going to answer it. All right. So she said, I just did a half marathon to practice hydration and fueling for the upcoming Cleveland Marathon. I ran with a 20-ounce handheld bottle of scratch. The weather was hotter than I was used to, and I found the handheld to be super bothersome by mile 10. I tried stuffing it under my gear belt, but it was bobbing around, and I didn't want to just throw the bottle and Nathan bottle holder away. I noticed most of the runners at my pace did not carry a bottle or wear a hydration vest. I'm wondering if I should just carry my gels and only use aid station water to avoid being weighed down by a vest or a bottle. Is aid station water enough? I worry it might also slow me down to stop at each one. Do you recommend taking more than one cup per stop? How do you time gel consumption with water consumption? Thanks for your time. Okay, before we get started on this one, we're going to talk about Cleveland. (laughs) Because... That Cleveland was one rocks. of my worst. <laughs> it, it, I DNF that marathon, and it was a day where it was 80 degrees at the start. Do you remember that? I, don't forget it. Yeah. I, horrible race. It, for me, anyway. Sorry. Sorry, Cleveland. But, but it didn't rock. I ran the half that year, so we were both, we were all there, and we didn't even know it. We, like, we didn't even know each other yet. Oh, that's crazy. And it all starts together, so you guys could have been standing next to each other. Uh, oh yeah, it was it was brutal that? that year. And there's that huge hill where you climb out of the flat. I mean, it's mile awful. seven. It's terrible. Yeah. Oh my. Oh, it's God. bad. And you live mm-hmm. in Ohio. I do. I do. I used to live right down there where it starts. <laughs> Hi- hydration uh, advice for that marathon is do a different uh, marathon. Do not start that one. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm sorry. It's probably a great marathon. It was my first marathon. Cleveland was. How'd you do? I ran uh, 3:58 and saw dead people when I crossed the finish line. I was so out of it, so it was it's not awesome. <laughs> Isn't it fun to think though that you've taken an hour off of your marathon? I love being able to it's say wild. that. That's pretty cool. It's yeah. wild. Yeah, you're yeah. not one of those people that just showed up and was like, "I can run a sub three marathon." What's why is everybody no. complaining about this? It seems pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's real hard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, so let's get back to this question here all about, I mean, there's a lot to sort of dive into here. 
so I mean, we've talked uh, on this podcast a lot about like optimal fueling during races, which we can certainly touch on again. But I think I we keep getting these questions and it keeps coming back to like, okay, cool, I need to eat more, I need to drink more. But like, how do I carry that physically on my body? You know, what do I use on course versus what do I carry with me? How much do I need? You know, these are all questions that just continually come up. It's one thing to know like, oh, I need to be drinking. Oh, I need to be eating, you know, but to really figure it all out, it can be really hard. So I think that's probably why Felice has like 18 questions buried in this one question. And, you know, I can't stress enough that everyone's fueling and hydration needs on race day are so individualized, right? We can talk about some broad some broad things, but just like your needs are, are individualized, so is how in the world are you going to carry this? So to Thomas's point, he's like, I hate handhelds. I don't even want to see you hold a handheld. And then there's Meg and I who, you know, running sub three marathons at Boston with a handheld for the first half, you know? So it's a total personal preference as to what, what you want. Trash. You can be successful. <laughs> <laughs> You can be successful and run really fast, regardless of how how you carry your nutrition. You just have to make sure you're getting it in. So I think like this this brings up a question that I think a lot of people have, um, not just Felice. So you guys threw out your handhelds at Boston. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now handhelds aren't cheap. Thirty two bucks. <laughs> but here's <laughs> here's the way I thought about it is I use my handheld, which I also learned this from making the mistake of buying a new handheld that I had never used before, realized it was not, it didn't actually stay on my hand. So I used one that I used for an so entire- It's not a handheld. <laughs> I guess not. Um, I used my, the bottle that I used throughout a whole summer. So it was kind of like old and like, it's Musty. clearly been used a lot, but I was comfortable with it. So I was one, confident, for race day to have it on my on my hand and then two totally okay with tossing it mm-hmm. same that's what i always do it's always one i've trained with and then i just get a new one for the next training cycle um and i i think there's lots of different ways right that we can make sure that we're getting enough let's just focus on hydration first so we can carry a handheld i have a ton of people that wear one of those vests that doesn't have a bladder in the back but actually has like the two flasks that fit on either like where pecs or boobs would be, right? Like two flasks right there. Thomas is shaking his head no. Um, and I've had a lot of people have success with that. Waist belts, those that's one thing that I can't handle. I remember when I did leave, live downtown Cleveland, my bottle like flew out in the middle of like oncoming traffic and a car hit it. And I was like, yeah, never doing that again. <laughs> like literally flew off my waist belt. Um, but I know a lot of people that do that. <laughs> you know what? My problem was, I don't know if you've ever noticed my physique, but I don't have much of a lower region it just kind of slides right down to ankles so um when i tried to use <laughs> when i tried to use like a belt <laughs> the thing kept Split off your non-existent out. booty yeah it kept, and i couldn't get it tight enough i was like all right i gotta tighten this up some more that bottle just bouncing around just works it way down like those little toy ladder things that like counter counter lever all the way down so that's why uh. i don't like those but yes. I have, I have obviously during ultras and stuff run with a hydration pack and I like those, but you're also not running marathon paces. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm going to talk about heat that traps in some back heat. Like you wouldn't believe your back needs to breathe. That's why mm-hmm. almost every shirt has a vent in the back or has the air holes in the back or something. You know, if you look at it, at the way that they look at the way heat leaves your body, so for me, the benefits of having that hydration on your back, unless you're moving at a slower pace, 
it it out you know it, it just is no good yeah and the world majors you're not allowed to carry you're not allowed to have a vest i've seen the the positives of both carrying the handheld like i feel like in boston i was so glad that i had it one because the water stops were packed with people and two because it was i think a little bit warmer than i was expecting and i definitely Mm -hmm. needed that sodium early in the race i've also used the handheld where it fell off my hand it totally ruined my mental game like and i've also when I ran Indy, I went in knowing I wasn't going to carry handheld because it was a cold day and I was just going to use what was on course. And that worked well, too. So I think there's... So you're you saying can, you have to look at it independently yeah. each mm-hmm. time, what the weather conditions are like, what your needs are as a runner, whether you need like a lot of sodium. Like for me, I don't know that I need that much sodium. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's been the missing secret to me, but, um, but I don't think that's it. Uh, but it, I'm thinking I get enough from my Mortons and my pre-race, you know, hydration and stuff like that going in. And I think right now we've kind of, we can summarize like all the points we've brought up, right? So we need to know what type of fluid we want to take. Are we taking water? What's on course? Or do we need our own, right? That's like decision one. Are we going to use something that's on course or do we need our own? If we need our own, obviously we're carrying something on our body and then to you guys this point looking at what's the weather like how much of a sweater am i how much do i need and then the logistics of the race too so you know to meg's point everybody's like oh there's so many you know the aid stations are like you know 12 tables long at boston you can't miss them they were so crowded you absolutely could miss fluid if if you didn't have it in your hand that way you don't have to leave the tangent of the course you just keep going straight you know yeah. so there are definitely some benefits to having some fluid on you um if you're willing to carry it but at the same time if you don't need to carry it if it's a cooler race if you don't sweat that much or if you don't mind you know hopping over and grabbing some fluid but i think we also need to make sure that we can adequately take fluid out of those cups like maybe it's because i carry a handheld like i suck at getting fluid out i got it up my nose at boston like the second half i was like oh it's warm i need to take some fluid after i chucked my handheld it was up my nose it was down my front i'm like choking i promise i Maybe got an ounce of water. How how do you take, like, when you go to the water stop, uh-huh. give me, like, what you're doing. I always grab it with my left hand. I don't know why. So I've got my left hand out. I've got my fluid. No, wrong. Sorry. <laughs> so then I grab it, and then I drink it out of my right hand. And I, like, pinch it and try to, like, tip it back, you know, so it's, like, pinched a little bit. That's what everybody says. But somehow it all ends up going up my nose anyways. Like, I don't know. So are you sure you're not putting it up your nose? <laughs> it's possible. It's possible that I'm pouring it straight into my nostril. <laughs> I don't understand the left hand thing unless... Are you ambidextrous? My grandpa was. Maybe I am. <laughs> or left-handed. She could just be left-handed. No, because she said you drink out of your right hand, right? But you grab the left. Yeah, I always grab it and transfer right. it. I don't know why. Yeah. That would make me so nervous. I'm a yeah. right-handed, get the water, drink it from my right hand. I'm yeah. going to have to try this next time, guys. So I, I was wondering if you pinched the water for, for starters. So, yeah, yeah, definitely pinch. But then, like, open up that mouth and just chuck the whole thing in there. It won't hit your nose. You know, maybe I'm trying to drink. You know what I mean? Maybe you're right. Maybe I need uh-huh. to, like, pour, like, out of the Kool-Aid, you know, jug. Like, pour straight in your mouth out of the fridge. If I get half of what's in one of those little cups, yeah, I'm excited. I just feel like I need a gulp, just some, wet, some moisture. Right. Like... You don't need like two, three cups of that that water. Some people do, though. Really? Then they should walk. 
through yeah. the through the well water. so that's another that's another good point right like if it is warm and you're a heavy sweater like take like four or five walking steps through the aid station so that you can get a cup of water you can get a cup of gatorade and then pick your pace back up and we didn't ask, answer felice's question i like felice, that i like that um, we're switching up her name about that slowing down through the water stations and let, let's be honest here four or five steps going through a uh, aid station maybe a second and a half, maybe two seconds, three seconds to slow down and actually take that water. Like if you're trying to stay on pace, say that you're trying to do 730s the whole time and you get to a water station and you're afraid that you're going to run a 735 because you stopped and got some water, the chances are that if you're getting hydrated properly, you're going to be able to run faster at the end anyway. So you can make up that time. So think about, you maybe time yourself like just to test to take some of the pressure off yourself set up a little water table like i did for megan in that video walk past it when you grab the water and see how long it takes you to get the water put it down and you know get back to running i guarantee you it's probably max three four seconds right just to play devil's advocate though like i know they're are so many times, especially we're talking late in the marathon, where I'm like, if I change my pace, like if I slow to walk, I'm there's I'm not going back. Like that's it. It's done. I am the race is over. I'm just walking it in. From that's there. psychological though, right? I don't know. Because I, a lot of times the run walk programs you run faster if you take that second to reset. I don't know. It's like you're breaking the or let's talk about the person who stops straight in front of you when they grab their water to stop and drink it and you run into them because you're still running. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of logistics here, guys. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. Well, I mean, hey, I'm always aware when I'm coming into a water station, I look at people and you can kind of see who's gonna you know, I if there's a person in front of me and they're slowing down a lot to grab the water, then I I there's enough usually enough water hander outers uh, volunteers i guess you call them that mm-hmm. it, you can I'll, I'll go to the left and then grab in front of them and, and continue on and then sometimes yeah. you know if if i am going to do that stop and walk so i can get the extra water down i usually try to be conscious of what's around me who's around me and be as considerate as possible yeah so, I mean, to answer her question, like you absolutely can get the fluids you need from an aid station if you want to, right? So if it's a cool day, we might need five ounces of fluid an hour, right? If it's really cool, like 30, or I forget what it was when Meg ran Indy, it was like 27 when I ran it. I maybe took five ounces of fluid per hour, right? But if it's warm, we could be sweating a ton and we might need somewhere between 10 and 20 ounces of fluid an hour. So if that's the case, I always tell people, like, if you get a good gulp of fluid, it's probably an ounce. So if you're stopping every aid station and they're every two miles, we probably need like two to four solid gulps of fluid at each aid station if it's a warm day. Right. But it, again, there's just so many variables that change how much we need to do. So it's really important we go into race day hydrated. So we're not behind the eight ball to begin with. And then we, we, we hydrate well in the first half of the race so that then by the second half of the race, when we're more tired, if we miss the station, it's okay. Right. So like I always tell people really try to stay on top of your hydration the first half of that race. So in case you're tired or, you know, that's interesting. Cause I've, I've actually, uh, in the past, or get water at the beginning, maybe Gatorades towards the end, but the it wasn't emphasis on, you know, loading up in the front. I guess this is also a good time to also mention both of you guys have taken a salt test, 
as far as mm-hmm. testing your sweat. And that little bit of information has helped. Uh, I know that's helped Megan, not feathers, but Megan probably helped feathers too, but mm-hmm. our, this Megan over here um, to kind of dial in her hydration and to understand what it is that she needs during a race to be successful. Well, and that's partially why I made some of those decisions to carry a bottle of scratch because I know I am a salty sweater and that's what I need. But if someone really, really, really doesn't want to carry a vest, wear a vest, carry a handheld, and they just want to do what's on course, would you recommend then that they alternate water Gatorade, do all Gatorade up front? Or like, what would be your best practice for that? So I typically, if somebody wants Gatorade, I want to make sure they're training with it, right? Or some people come to me and they're like, I got a gut of steel. It doesn't matter. I'm like, cool, then we're just going to roll with it. You know, we don't necessarily have to practice. Or I have a lot of people who are like, I only want to take water. So in that case, we look at the gels. Is there enough sodium in your gels? If there's not, we might need to add in like a salt tab for if you're only going to use water on course. So really, we need to make sure we're getting fluid, we're getting sodium, and we're getting carbs. So those three things, depending on the person's preference, can change how we approach it. But, you know, I think Meg and I are very, very team handheld, right? But if you look around at a race, most people aren't carrying something, honestly. Most people are relying on the aid station. So it's just taking those three things into account is where are we getting our fluid, our sodium, and our carbs from? Are we getting enough? How are we going to carry it? All that kind of stuff. This episode of Fuel for the Soul is sponsored by Inside Tracker. We all use Inside Tracker to check our general health through training and to make sure we're set up for success come race day. Thomas, give everyone a little more information about Inside Tracker. All right. Inside Tracker is a personalized nutrition platform that uses blood work to create a science-backed plan to help you reach your potential for better performance and a longer, healthier life. You can learn more about the product by going to InsideTracker.com. And for a limited time, InsideTracker is offering our listeners 20% off their entire store. Just go to InsideTracker.com slash fuel. Um, the, other, the other part of her question was, how do you time gel consumption with water consumption? And I know we kind of talked about this on the last podcast because um, someone was asking if it always if it has to be water or if you can drink an electrolyte beverage with your gel. But in mm-hmm. terms of like timing, let's talk like strictly the marathon. Um, mm-hmm. What are what are you suggesting for people with their gels and hydration? So with the exception of Morton Hydrogels, and then there are a couple gels out now, like the Power Bar hydro gel some of the sis gels those you don't have to take with fluid and that's why a lot of people take it because it's easier you don't have to time it but every single other gel out there it's really important that we try to get some fluid down pretty quickly either before or after we take that gel because if you think about it that gel is a very concentrated source of sugar going straight into your stomach and so if you don't put fluid in there your body's going to pull fluid from somewhere and that causes a lot of GI upset in certain people, not in everyone. So it is important that we are trying to time that somehow. So I typically will tell people like, keep a lookout of like how often these, these, um, tables are there, right? It's usually like every two miles, maybe every mile in some bigger races. So take your gel so that you're done with it. 
by the time you get to that table and then wash it back, right? So like kind of notice like, all right, it's about time to take my gel. There's a table up there. Let's get it down now so that I can drink some fluid. Um, Just so you're not fumbling a gel and a cup and all that kind of stuff. It kind of separates it out a little bit. Let's sort of recap a little bit all of Felice's, Felice, Felice's uh, questions there. Like how, where do you start? How do you create a plan? Like give us a general overview of race day hydration and nutrition. So first we want to pick what are we using? So fluid and gels or chews, right? Whatever carbs, we need to pick what we're going to use first and foremost. And then second, we want to know how much, how much do we need, right? So kind of generic goal is we need like 50 grams of carbs an hour. Um, What we're finding is we actually might need significantly more than that. Um, But that's always a good starting point. Um, So then if we know what we're going to use and we know how much we need per hour, we need to figure out like how many gels is that? So really trying to figure out for, you know, using Morton as an example, it's 25 grams of carbs. So if you want 50 an hour, you take one every 30 minutes. Super easy math, right? And then if you want, you know, to try to get 10 ounces of fluid an hour, we want to try to get, you know, two gulps down at five aid stations an hour. So really just that's kind of the train of thought I want people thinking around as far as their their hydration and their fuel goes. And then also, you know, as we already mentioned, starting both of these really early. So I'd rather see somebody like fuel awesome in the front half of their race and have it peter a little bit than vice versa. I don't want people waiting. I think most people have gotten into that. Like, I don't need it yet. I don't feel like I need it yet. I don't feel thirsty. But Honestly, there's just so much good support if we like make sure that we're really on top of it from the get-go. Um, you're going to feel so much stronger and better in that second half. The other thing, I feel like you can have like a general idea of what you're going to do, like, you know, 50 grams of carbs an hour. And But I really do feel like sometimes it's going to come down to the last minute of whether you need a handheld or not. Like, what's the weather going to be? Like, so mm-hmm. I think... and. Ahead of time, you can you can figure out what they're going to have on course and the logistics of the race. So you can do all that research in advance. But I do think it's going to come down to like, you know, 48 hours before where you make a decision based on what the weather's going to be. Right. And we're at that time of year where it's like could go either way for a lot of places. Like it could be pretty decent or it could be pretty miserable. Um, and then you asked on your Instagram for creative ways of where you could carry all of these things. Share with us what you learned where people are storing their gels their hydration this is the other people are like megan where did you carry all of your fuel at boston i got so many questions about that so if you were following along i was trying to decide if i was going to take my phone or not so i got a sports bra that had that big pocket in the back and i decided not to take my phone and i shoved all my gels down there so i just had to reach my hand back like behind my neck and grab my gels so they were all either there or off the course I, i grabbed a few of them um and I felt like it was a game changer. I didn't even feel them back there because when they're in my shorts, I like feel them hit the side of my leg and it pisses me off. Like kind of like Thomas in the handheld. Like I just don't like them touching my leg like that. So I put them there. So then it got me thinking like other people have to be hiding gels somewhere. They have to be putting them someplace. You know, there's got to be some other really cool ways that people are carrying them that we could all. Um... So, I mean, obviously a lot of like common things like the buy belts or speed belts, however you call them, like different belts, different shorts that have pockets up top, sports bras that have pockets different places, the koala clips. I got lots of, you know, so there was a lot of different things that we had kind of all heard of, but then there was some really funny ones. But Thomas, you look like you want to add something. You have a good smirk on your face. <laughs> um, you know, it's strange nobody's come out with a hat with with like pockets on the side. Because no one wants to look that ridiculous, yeah, probably. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> like true. Like E.T. phone home. But uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I've tried everything, but the um, the shorts with like the elastic band where you just stick it like it's almost like a rubber band that's on there for it never works. You always drop like the the thing will slide out. I don't care how you pinch it. it it's going to slide out. But I think the most important thing is, again, like in the water stops, like if you panic to get your water down and stuff, it affects your, your race. Find like make sure that you're comfortable in your training runs getting to the nutrition wherever you put it and getting it into your mouth because that's like nerve-wracking i don't know if you've ever had like where you're trying to get into like the flip belt and it's sliding around you can't get it and mm-hmm. you're like starting to panic because the water station's coming up and you're trying to follow feathers advice to get it down before the water gets there and you're like i'm not gonna make it <laughs> but uh, <laughs> My favorite um, tracksmith shorts have a pocket on one side and I always just throw one gel in there. And that's usually the one I use first because like we've been talking about, like I just don't want something bouncing around in there. Um, and the zi- it's always a questionable situation with the zipper. Like I always have to use both hands yeah. like to hold yeah. and do the, and then like you have like that little moment of like panic. Exactly. That's what I'm um, talking about. Yeah. Am I going to drop it? Or am I going to lose my shorts? I can't believe you use the back pocket for your gels because, I mean, maybe your arms are like way longer than... Yeah, well, they, they definitely are. Have you seen like me? A... I'm like a giant. <laughs> my arms are as long as most people's legs. Reaching back there has to like... You, like you're breathing. I thought it was all right. Yeah. Like it was literally yeah. like right behind that bump in the back of your neck. And I just You guys can't see this because she's doing it on video, but the lady is Jack. She's got this big old muscle, <laughs> like her arm... Like it's look, been working out. Yeah, looking all like... I work out. Look, I'll just reach back here. That's why she does it. She's hoping someone gets a photo of that <laughs> tricep as she flexes on the way back. You know, one of the things that we're forgetting to mention is how often, like, when we start a race, at least for me, I start with one gel in my hand. And then I've got, like, we were doing a half. So I knew I only needed, what was it, two gels or three gels or something like that. Um, so I had... Uh, my little Van Cortland shorts on, which have like, I think room for, you could probably fit two back there, but I had one back in the back there and one in my hand. And it's actually nice because you get excited for when it's time to eat it so that you can get rid of it out of your hand. Yeah. Cause like I mentioned before, I don't like handhelds, but like, that was like my thing. I was like, okay, make it to mile four so I can eat this gel, get it out of my hand. And go on. And then you just have the one in the pocket. Now, for a marathon, I'd need to, like, double that. But I still start every race with one of the uh, gels in the hand. And you use the spy belt, though, usually. I don't use the spy belt. I've used the, um, I like the flip belt. Or just but a belt is what you typically do. If I need more pockets than my clothing requires. And it depends. Tracksmith has put more pockets in some of their shorts. But I have a favorite black pair. That only has like a, a little um, small the back pocket. So, yeah, yeah I, I usually need like a flip belt or something. I would say 75% of the responses was something about your bra. So, I mean, clearly most of my followers are females. Um, but it was funny because people were saying like it chafes really bad. So wear two sports bras and like shove it in the center. And then I have a tracksmith bra that's like a big pocket. Like the whole front is a mm-hmm. pocket that you could just like shove stuff into. Um but it, it, people were getting like pretty creative about how they were um, shoving things into their bra. I, when I used to use cho- chews, I had two down my bra and one in my glove because it was a cold day. And I remember I didn't finish all the chews, so my finish line photos just have this like lumpy side of my, you can imagine what. And I was like, oh, those are beautiful. Those pictures are great. <laughs> and dogs chasing you. <laughs> right. 
Um, But then there was some other, I thought, some creative ones. Um, Somebody said they tuck them into their arm sleeves. There was actually a couple people. So, I mean, I don't wear arm sleeves, but if you did, like, I thought that was pretty. There's even some arm sleeves that have pockets on them. Mm. Hmm. They'd have to be pretty tight, right? I feel like the gel would pull them down a little. I'm surprised nobody's done, like, the, uh, remember those candy necklaces? Ooh. You could just do those. Genius. (laughs) It's a salt tab. Yeah. Salt tab, Wait. calories, salt tab, calories, salt tab, calories. And you just chew the you whole thing. You better TM like that right now. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you get sweaty and sticky, but um, other people said they rubber band them to their arms or to their watch. I wasn't sure about mm. that. Um, safety pin yeah. to waist, like the shorts. I've seen Again, that. Again, it's like a hula skirt. Like, like wouldn't it kind of, of flap work. when you're running? <laughs> I don't know. Also, I, I always feel like um, you'd hurt yourself with those right? pins. Safety pins. Yeah, that seems or dangerous. Or your clothing. Somebody else had a bottle, like a five-ounce bottle they'd squeeze all their gels into and then just take like a swig out of a flask. When I used to like a tailwind, I used to, instead of uh, having like carrying, like you guys like the bottles, what I would do is I'd take tailwind and just put enough water. I'd put like five um, servings into like a handheld like little like flask bottle and then mm-hmm. add just enough water to make it liquid and then use it when I was at a, like if I got a water station, use, squirt some of that down it with water so that it would, you know, be more tolerable. You were making your own tailwind in your stomach. Yeah, because tailwind's powder and they didn't have like a gel or anything you could take. So I was like, okay, I'll just turn it into basically a gel. Yeah. Which I've been using Scratch for a while now. And they got some tailwind because you were having GI issues and thought maybe that would help. And I was like, I really like tailwind i forgot how much i like it well it's the naked flavor which i think it's nice but i did just see that scratch labs came out with a unflavored yeah yep they did and uh one with caffeine in it like a decent i think it's like 50 milligrams of caffeine per serving oh, in wow. a drink i thought that was interesting too so of all of the uh submissions you got from instagram was there any of them that were you were like oh i'm gonna try that like that were amazing or you're sticking with the sports bra situation I mean, somebody said they put it in their hair bun. That very much intrigued me. No, I'm totally kidding. I don't have enough hair to make me. that work. <laughs> no, I, I'm good with the back of my sports bra. And too, I mean, when I trained through the winter, you have those like long pockets on the side of your legs and your like leggings. So that's where I put all my stuff. But then come race day when it's warm, like all of a sudden you have to like pivot a little bit. So. Okay, somewhat related. I know, Megan, a lot of people have asked you about elites specifically because they say you know we see them on tv but we never see them actually taking their nutrition so i know you spoke with a few talk to us about what they do yeah i get this question all the time but elites don't fuel i'm like yes they do they have tables with their fuel on it right i guess if i had a table i would 100 percent put like the morton 320 in there so it was con- you know so that i could just like slug something back and get enough so i just assume that's what everyone was doing right but talking there was only one that one person out of four that i talked to that that's what they were doing and she's also a sports dietitian so i was like all right we're on the same wavelength here um but the other people were using just some sort of sports drink and and gels and timing it whether you know whether they were hooking a gel to the side of their bottle with a rubber band yeah that's what i see and, 
Yeah, which I think, yeah, we've seen that on TV. But a lot of times you don't see them at like their stations, you know, with their bottles and whatnot. Um, But it was interesting to me because just like any everyday runner that I work with that comes to me, it's varying whether people are fueling enough or not, whether people are hydrating enough or not. And I saw the same thing talking to some of these elite people, right? The amount of nutrition they were taking was minimal to extremely high, right? So I think just like with all of us still trying to play with our nutrition, you know, I think elites are pretty similar. Still trying to figure that out, make sure we get enough. Saying you don't see them get the bottles, almost every race I have seen that you see, if you watch New York, you see them going to their tables and grabbing the bottles. Uh But like everybody has the same issues, elite or not. You got to fuel. And it does blow my mind. Like I, I think I see some generation of faster runners that are like i'm fast i don't need to fuel and i'm like but if you fueled think how much faster you could be you know is where my mind goes that's like when i see people wearing like daily trainers during races and they're like they're passing me and i'm like yeah you're 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 faster than me but think about how fast you could be (laughs) that's how you felt about me when you met me wasn't it (laughs) oh my god for those listening who don't know this lady wore like Frankenstein giant <laughs> Mizuno daily trainers. And we're like, you, you got to try, you know, a speed shoe. And she's like, nah, 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 nah. We finally got her in a pair of Alpha Flies. And uh, did you PR? I sure did. And no. I'm not saying it's got to be Alpha Flies, but if you can get a super shoe on, it helps. Um, okay. Do you want to give us any examples of some of the elites that you talked to, like what they did out there? I think my favorite one was splitting the Martin, sorry, Morton 320 into thirds in the bottles and filling it to about like five ounces. I think if I was cool and had tables, that's probably what I would do. Um, And then the other one was interesting. They were really timing their caffeine well. So making sure they got their caffeine in like in an hour so that it was, you know, peaking in their system for the last, you know, 10K. Um, So I thought that was good. But I, I think it's funny. I mean, some of them were using like cliff gels, right? And then scratch, um, and then goo gels, you know, so I don't think everyone's using, you know, Morton, like maybe I thought there was like a wide range of how much um, and what people were taking. But if you're doing the Morton 320 in the bottles, is that going to be enough electrolytes for you? Is there more electrolytes it might not in be. the 320 than the, okay. There's a little bit more, but not a ton. Um, a client of mine reached out to, to Morton to find out if you could add sodium to that or if it breaks down the hydrogel and there is an amount that you can safely add and I want to say it was like four or five hundred milligrams of sodium so technically like if an athlete had a table and needed more sodium they could mix up kind of their own concoction of salt you know 320 and water truthfully I think that's what I would be doing right all right I think we talked enough about all things hydration and nutrition for race day um Give us our like three key takeaways for for the day. Figure out what we're drinking, what we're eating, how much we need, and where we're going to carry it. So those are kind of the four elements, which hopefully you've practiced all four of those things in your training. And then to add an extra layer on there, we've mentioned multiple times, is just taking a look at the weather to see if you need to tweak, you know, how much sodium or how much fluid you're taking. Um, but go in with a plan, right? Like go in with a plan of what you're taking, when you're taking, where you're carrying it, because that's one more thing that we're just comfortable with on race day. And it's not something we need to be anxious or nervous about because it's our fueling plan and we've tried it, it's tested, it's true and it's just there to support us instead of stress us out out there. 
All right. Thank you, Felice, Felici. We're not sure, but for submitting your question. Um, hopefully we answered all of those little questions inside of them as well. And if you have a question that we have not answered on the podcast, you can send us an email at fuelforthesoulpodcast at gmail.com or send us an audio file on the Anchor app. You can go to anchor.fm and just search for Fuel for the Soul. Don't we have a party coming up? Oh, we do. And we do. How would you like to meet Feathers and the rest of the Believe in the Run team? We're going to be throwing a party June 11th here in Baltimore to kick off Summer Grit. Grit is going to be the month of July, but we thought June 11th would be a great time to throw a party. We're going to have a live band. We're going to have beers. We're going to have a food truck. We're closing down a street, so it's going to be a street party. It's going to be insane. We're going to have some special stuff. We're going to need you to RSVP, so wait for that post because we're going to give out special wristbands for the people so that they can get their free beer and food at the party, and we'll do a little shakeout run. But, I mean, we're trying to get some all-stars out there, so I think Drew Whitcomb said that he's coming. Um, We're working on getting Ben Johnson out here. We'll have uh, Feathers, obviously. Megan, Robbie the raccoon, uh, Brandon, myself, anybody else who wants to come, the party is going to be off the chain, as the kids say. Yeah, so I will include a link in the description, and you can RSVP if you want to join us. I was just going to say they know how to throw a good party, guys, so if you're around or can make it. Yeah, you're going to have FOMO if you're not there. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this week's episode, and we will see you in two weeks. You heard me say peas and carrots, right? Mm. We're good. Thanks, guys. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Really? I thought I saw Kipchoge running. Kipchoge running with a hydration pack. Probably. Mm-hmm. No? Yeah. He barely glistens when he runs in the 80 degrees. I, I don't think he needs a hydration pack. Yeah. Wouldn't it be weird if he drank water and expanded like two times bigger? He was almost like all of a sudden a bigger person. No, I don't know. Maybe not. Like those things you threw in the bathtub as kids. They were like, yeah. little, like little things. The and little they, like, pills. And like out popped a little. Yeah. Yeah. Little yeah. animal. Little Kipchoge. We, <laughs> we digress. <laughs>